Hello and welcome back to another great episode of Rift Review where we cover the LCS during the week, um, every week. Like always, my name is Sean Bryn, creator slash host of the show. And once again, I got a special guest this week. One, he's, he's come back. I don't know how he's come back. I don't know why he, he said yes again. Um, <laughs> but we have EO120. Thank you for coming on the show. It's great to be here, Sean. Thanks for having me. Yeah, you know, it's always always better uh, when I don't have to talk to myself for you know an hour or whatever it also helps my throat um, so and and most people that come on are um, just better uh, and more knowledgeable say better or worse than I do so thank you um, for contributing to to that well I'm happy to contribute to the health of your voice yeah uh, thank you <laughs> make sure I have no problems at the doctors or anything oh dear um, yeah. Oh dear, physical comes back. Your voice is broken. That makes sense. That, yeah, I, you know, actually, that makes. I, I talk, talk to myself lot, about. Yeah. yeah, I talk to myself for about two hours every every Sir, Tuesday. Sir, you talk to yourself? <laughs> yeah, I do. Um, it's a problem. Don't most, worry about it. Actually, yeah. yeah, mostly about this game called League of Legends. Oh no. Oh no. Oh, so you're also toxic, huh? Oh no. All right. Um. So, you know, we had another, uh, I would say, great week of LCS, but, you know, it was a week of playoffs for sure. Um, for me, it was kind of disappointing overall, um, especially, you know, a 3-0, and then the 3-1 wasn't too bad, but, you know, the 100 Thieves versus versus, versus Dignitas uh, really hurt my soul, mainly because throughout the split, um, you know, I've been a big Dignitas fan, um, so seeing them get crushed was... Um, Real sad for me um, to, to they, experience. They got more tilted than a pinball machine yeah. <laughs> being manhandled by a drunk. Yeah, I mean, I was like watching the games, but like game three, I was like half watch. I'm going to be honest. It was kind of, especially, you know. After once, like, once, once bot lane like just entered twice and Dardoch just got, Dardoch got caught like three times before like 15 yeah. minutes. And it's like, okay, FF, like FF the split, go to the next split. Like this is oh gosh it was just so it was really more sad yeah it was because yeah, it was actually sad yeah they had such a great like identity for like because like everyone most anyone that you talk to kind of knew like this roster did not have a very high ceiling to them mm -hmm. uh, especially with just having like three effective rookies between fake god uh neo and uh what was it sligo and mid mm -hmm. uh, if i'm quoting that right um but, like, they all got to just get on the same page with, like, Aphromu and Dardog just leading the helm. And, you know, things things go really well uh, when Dar when I think Aphromu is allowed to lead a rookie or lead some lead a team somehow with Dardog on the same team. So I, I think that's where they just got some magical, uh, you know, on the same page uh, more than, like, you know, a bunch of veterans fighting about how they're going to play the game. It's like, okay, Dardog and Aphromu are telling you how to play the game. We're going to play the game where and we win. And we get to playoffs and... Then we just get three out by hundred thieves of all yeah. of, of all of them. Yeah, I mean, it was. I mean, especially like I'm not trying to you know diss hundred thieves, but I thought you know I mean now I did pick Dignitas to win this, so you know it looks a little bad now. But I I thought they had at least a decent chance to be competitive against hundred thieves. I mean, hundred thieves didn't look you know particularly too strong um, before this matchup but you know after this or during this you know you'd think you know ding toss was like a bottom tier team playing you know you know i mean hunter thieves is a top four team but you know what i mean like the yeah. best team in lcs or anything like that um 
it was just really i think you know i don't think dang toss did anything right pretty much throughout the um whole whole series i mean like they which is kind of weird that they had some like big draft issues with um you know i mean every team has some issues during the whole split but dang toss wasn't the one team that had continuous big draft issues during the split. Um, so it was kind of weird to see them have, mm-hmm. you know, their this weird fixation on Ari these, these first two games um, and not really, like, utilizing Ari in the way most people would. You know, they were very content with him sitting in that lane, farming up for late game or for team fights. And, you know, he was going to this Everfrost build where he's not ever going to have the chance to blow up, you know, a... Uh, a carry on the other team he was just more utility so it was just really weird like selection yeah for, from dignitas yeah yeah no uh well which game was that to do can i actually like find those pieces game one yeah so they go on so like okay so like the fun thing and you're right the Ari has been a is mostly utility pick because the Everfrost kind of provides her an actual fourth spell mm-hmm. um, as because her W is just, oh, here's three little flaming things that are going to go find targets at random. Right. Um, but it actually provides like a second CC that further enables the charm to actually become to actually become useful because mm-hmm. Ari is incredibly reliant on that charm, must connect for the rest of her damage and her assassin, you know, type to come out. Right. Um, but it's just it's just one of those where it's like you're just you have to then require like another carry out of out of your team in order to actually have enough damage to you know perhaps win a fight or try to win a fight or try to win the game earlier on right uh so to speak so it's 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 gotten really popular but i just keep like you, you can throw the ever everfrost argument in there but since even like i think humanoid over in europe was the first one that i saw use it i'm saying like why like ari's been a dog champ for years and and now like and now just everfrost means like oh she's viable now because she has mm-hmm. high mobility she has like four flashes so she can definitely get like this stun combo off and mild damage on it's like okay i guess yeah i mean I, you know it's probably like where i assume maybe i shouldn't assume but i assume ding ding toss was having some good um scrims with ari um particularly the everfrost ari and maybe just a thing where a lot of people are just kind of falling in love with Everfrost on like whatever, you know, mage middle they can they can put on. Um, so I think that might kind of add to the problem or the issue with um, picking Ari because, like you said, it's not like I mean even like during the split, it's not like Ari was you know a big you know. No, Ari Ari like only really champion. showed up. Arlie really has only shown up at least in NA in the past like two, three weeks, maybe. Yeah. Since like the very, like in week six might have been like one of the first games we saw. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't even, I, I don't know for sure where Ari first showed up um, in in the pro scene across the world. Because um, I, I, I know, um, I knew the Udyr came from Pioshik over in the LCK and then it, it blew up from there. Um, and now Udyr like runs the jungle. Uh, but the first time I saw it was from Humanoid over on Mad Lions over in Europe. And then Jensen, I think, was one of the first to play it here in NA. And I just can't say that I've 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 watched a single Ari game where I'm like the Ari is the reason they won the game. Like the Ari is just there and maybe provides like follow up CC. But there's yeah. just never like this really hype moment that lets me like this Ari's taken over this game. It's shifter. We're back in like twenty, you know, fourteen. Sure. Uh, LCS and you know she's just blowing kids up it's like no it's 
and that's and that's not the nature of the build for sure but it just doesn't ever seem like it's it's really contributing to the reason the team's winning yeah you know i mean i think if you're going to pick this um mid laner or i you just need a lot more damage you know from your top laner or your, or your jungler um of course you're going to have you know damage from your adc but i think just building or having more champions with a little bit higher damage could help because you know like like we said she's really especially in a team fight she's only going to really be used for utility she's not ever going to really threaten um you know anyone you know 100 to zero anything like that um i mean of course stick mm-hmm. had other issues beside you know sligo on um ari i i think their bot lane really out got outperformed by 100 thieves um especially from the bot lane we saw dig was throughout the whole split you know they were um one of the better, at least top half, eighty um, bot lanes, and then yeah. of course you know hundred thieves do have a really good bot lane, do really like FBI and Huey. So yeah, I'm just a little, a little bit surprised how dominant you know one of them was over the other um, throughout this whole series. Yeah, well, granted the uh, granted the recent performance out of Neo, and not to mention just Aphromoo's, um history when he's actually playing well. Uh, you'd expect like this the the bot lane to be like the bot lane to be a focal point. Not not a surprising you know if that happens and that happening was not a surprise. Mm-hmm. But I was I think the most shocking thing to me at least watching at least the final game the third game was Neo not understanding and not realizing like at what point you are in the game. Like I had this um, in bot lane. I, was, I think I was playing Leona and I was playing into like a vain other support uh, bot lane. And, like, you know, we trade, like, their support for my ADC, like, early on. Mm-hmm. And I sit there and I go, and I look at the minions, and I look at the Vayne, so I look at my health, and I go, I can kill you. And and the Vayne doesn't realize this. And I, I feel like Neo, in that early, in the first early fight there for game three, didn't understand or realize that, oh, who he can actually kill me. Uh, Azrael. Mm-hmm. And and he just walks into the bush trying to chase the kill on the FBI. And who he's like, oh, okay, cool. Auto flip dead and you know we're done here it's it's just it's just not it's one of those like have you had enough reps with even like because this lane should be a pretty standard lane of just you know getting zaya rakan against a uh a kaisa rel like those are two very standard bot lanes how do you not know what the other team can do how do you not know that the rel can like kill you how is that from not even like telling you like hey get get out of there especially like this deep in the season Mm -hmm. so i just saw that as like a massive misplay and either a point of thinking he was going to get it and just being deluded on that um or or they're just inting this early and just throwing away you know they're just tilting off the face of the planet this early and yeah i mean why not would keep on sorry that was it that was it oh yeah i mean i was just gonna add on like you know you're talking about you know it was game three they're already down oh two um i don't think you know since it being so early in the game they're not like full tilt but maybe just they're not performing you know at their highest level or really um mentally as strong or stable as they normally are so you know try to give them some some um help or leeway i assume you know like you said he 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 uh, understands especially like you know afterwards or, or look at the body anything like that that you know that situation's not good for him and you know he can't be killed i just think maybe at the point of the 
series. You know, he is still um, a pretty inexperienced player, especially in playoffs in the LCS. So maybe it's just something where, you know, it's kind of like growing pains for him and for the team. Um, I mean, it could be. I mean, he could have he could have assumed that FBI was like staying for them. The Bush would have to, you know, go back and watch frame by frame. Right. Um, but I just, I, I just don't, I just don't think the risk is really worth it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I was just, yeah, I, I, I agree. I was just, you're, you're more than welcome to try to give, try to give, try to give the man a, a way out for sure. Like, uh, I'm trying to remember actually, I wonder if I actually noted this in my, that rookie, where is he? Neo. Um, so he's not, yeah, he was, he was not in his soft, this is not even his sophomore year. Like this is kind of a full rookie year, even though I think his previous name was Onda. Um, so he has like rookie elements, you could yeah. say, to playing on an LCS station, especially like in an LCS playoff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then at that point, it's like rookie jitters equals, you know, an, what looks like just running it down, you know. Yeah. So it's it, you could call it unfortunate. You can play apologist for sure. Um, it's it's still just like, hey, like you're fine, like you're both really low, just back and. Get get back yeah. to it, you know. And maybe it's like a, also another thing, you know, you're already out on O two. Maybe they felt pressured to make a play for the team, you know. Yeah. Knowing that, yeah. you know, a lot of times switching toss, they can really depend on this spotlight and team fight. So they're like, you know, we have to find a lead for this team, you know, um, early on in this game three, or we're just gonna get three would And so it's probably something where they might have even realized the risk, but just you know went for the play, hoping that it worked for them. Um, yeah. Well, they, you you could also run that like if Neo is. Um... And if 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 he's somehow avoiding social media, I think that's a very healthy thing to do uh, for anyone. I, I would for uh, him, yeah. yeah, yeah. But if he's even mildly aware of like the very positive net narrative that was running around him in the last two weeks of the regular mm-hmm. season, uh, and it's game three, and they're about to like at least you know lose their chances in the split and just get knocked out three zero here, like I could definitely understand him being in a desperate moment, like need to get, yeah. need to get this, need to get something here. Like we're getting, you know, we've been getting dumpstered here so far, just losing games we shouldn't lose, and like, you know, the, so I, I can understand the 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 overreaching uh, moment mm-hmm. for sure. If there's far more complicated uh, emotions and thought processes like under the surface that lead to just a very poor moment in the game. Right. Um, otherwise, Dardock though at playing like playing like he did was just like, okay, you're running it, kid. Like I'm. Yeah, I'm if someone wants to try to run apologist, I'll let them talk, but I'm I, I'm not about to like let them, let them like sit out there for too long because there's just certain pathing moments he had in the early game where it's like you're just you, you should not be walking that way to yeah. try to play the retreat match. You're like go up to Tribrush, don't try to cut through and think that they're not going to jump on you with a rel and and a and a hecarim. Like that's too easy CCs and FBI is like free kills. Thanks, bud. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, like watching Dardock this series and especially you know game three, you know his, his big you know tilt whatever you want to call it. Um, it mm-hmm. kind of reminded me of watching him on Digging Toss last season where uh, he would have games where he would just, like, be 05 at, you know, eight minutes or something like that. Um, mm-hmm. You know, throughout this whole split, you know, he's been the real rock for this team. And um, I think similar maybe to um, what his body – I mean, I assume the whole team, especially in game three, is feeling the pressure to, you know, try to make some plays um, just, mm-hmm. you know – being like you said being um not in the right positions um really question and not even like semi bad position but just like really bad like like why are you even there type of um you know moments for for digging 
Dardock in in this yeah. series and in Game Three. Um, I mean, I just don't think for Dantas like anyone even like performed well. Like even when, like we haven't really talked about top lane, but I, I mean, like, big God, you know, he he's he's not, um, you know, he has blame to put on himself too. I, mean, I just don't think like any particular person really performed, you know, even exceptionally good. or yeah. whatnot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, like one argument that I actually realized was quite good because the best thing we've ever, the best things we've seen Fake God perform on, is at least the 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 the, the, the champion that comes to mind for me is the A trucks, and we never saw that. Mm-hmm. Um, we never saw that in in this series. Um, he was put on uh, Gangplank for games one and two, and he was put on Renekton for game three, but Darduck was mostly playing the bot side. So either you're giving Fake God a uh, a champion that quote-unquote is supposed to bully the top lane and like you know get you a lead and keep and allow you to have like free roaming jungle pressure and maybe even come in and have a kill but i don't think they even ever went uh top on a gank to put i think they what did they have a dive onto someday or something like that 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 they get um so like that's that's a decent play there and you but you've got that's the whole if you're gonna have a pick for renekton you need to try to get advantages out of the characters uh early strength otherwise you're not you're really wasting the pick and if it goes late, Renekton is not like depending on who you ask. Um, Renekton is just a, is either a trash champion in late game or he's acceptable in late game. Right. Um, so I, I, it really comes down to, you know, what do you want? What are you supposed to want out of this? And and why are you even picking um, Gangplank for Fake God in those first two games either? Because he's he's not known for that. Right. I, yeah, especially, you know, since you're a team that's already in the loser bracket, you know, this is the only chance I would assume that they would, you know, go to more comfort picks for, for the overall team. So, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, we've seen him on Gangplank, but, you know, had, he didn't really wow us or anything. Um, yeah. Another thing I want to bring up was Fake God is I remember about like two or three weeks ago, they had like a little video of him before, I think before they played 100 Thieves for the last time in the spring split, and he talked about you know, being the backup to someday and like for a while he just thought he was like this, you know, much better player than him. And then during that game, you know, someday really just like roughed up Fake God. Um, so <clears throat> that may be another thing with Fake God, you know, playing particularly against 100 Thieves and someday where he might have like this weird like mental block against him. Like even though like in the video he said, you know, oh, I'm, I think I'm now like, you know, Compete, can compete against him but he hasn't really shown like especially in the 1v1s against someday that he you know can really stack up against him and for someday mm-hmm. you know come into this um series i was having some questions about like you know he just kind of been so-so throughout this spring split and i think a lot of people heading in especially me or uh, um, we really thought someday would you know he finally had this you know this team that you know he could play around and he could, you know, really blossom. But throughout the whole split, you know, he was just kind of, he didn't really blossom or have the impact um, that I think a lot of people thought he would or should have. Um, but at least against Fake God and Dignitas threat in this series, you know, he's kind of started to show some um, signs of like kind of going back to, you know, some of his former self in, in the series. When he, when he was trying to carry 100 Thieves across the finish line for like, what was it last like earlier last year when he was i think he was yeah. lucian top at one point just trying to yeah just drag bodies across the yeah, finish really, line like like you like i felt bad i mean i think everyone felt bad for someday you know mm-hmm. trying i mean maybe 
you know, something in his mental went went different when he. Now I would almost. Had, I wouldn't uh, even. I would actually, because of how consistent someday has been for years while yeah. being an NA of all places, I think it's actually a question, or it's. I would actually put it more towards what the Hundred Thieves team is looking at with their play style. Yep. Um, I would like to think. I'd like to be able to say that I can recall that when Demonte was on the team and being the roamer, that they, he'd be roaming, roaming top and mm -hmm. bot, um, probably primarily bot with Huey and FBI. And so um, it's just I don't think that someday in the game plan has been permitted any major carries right. to really um, have any pop-off moments. He's He's been given a very, uh, like, the best team that he's gotten in an A, and everyone was really happy about that. But this team has ended up settling in ways, uh, especially yeah. with the recent changes I with Ryoma for uh, Demonte, mm -hmm. because of the meta shift. Um, and I just, I just, it just seems like if, it, like, someday the argument that someday is underperforming, I, I don't, I don't like that, and I don't agree with that idea because I feel like he's performing acceptably and adequately, and I just feel like there's, there's a game plan that he trusts. And so he's not going to try to take take the lead as he was before, where the game plan may have been less than favorable, and it, it was very clear that in order to win, he has to rely on himself. When you know, um, closer is a very good, reputable jungler after his time in Golden Guardians. Uh, FBI has shown himself up. Who he has become a fantastic support compared to what anyone ever expected him to become when he made the role swap. Mm -hmm. um, so. Someday not being the banger performer like he was previously, I think has far more, would f have far more to do with the game plan of the team um, as opposed to any lack of performance on his part or lack of work or hard work on his part. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> I remember um, late into the season, you know, they kind of like showed his, you know, just like, so like laning stats and he's still like, you know, top two, top three, just in pure yeah. laning. So he's still, I'm not saying he was, bad and just the you know 1v1 against other top laners i, I do agree you know i i I've heard, have heard that maybe like him and closer just haven't really like meshed well or not saying that they have like um like problems like you know hating each other or anything like that but just i don't think like in the game sometimes they have like great communication with each other um and sometimes it does show with some of the um potential ganks they go for or, or dives they go for and it just seems a little bit sloppy on their part um and like you said I definitely do think 100 Thieves has, you know, throughout this whole split kind of been more bot-focused, which I, I think, you know, is pretty fair because FBI and who he has really shown um, capable. Um, yeah, of, well, of also the picks, the, yeah, the, the meta picks for with uh, the Kai'Sa Rao just means it's a kill lane. Yeah. Once you get past the level six, like, it's a, it's a very easy kill lane, so why not play into that? It's just such a super easy win condition. I mean, yeah, I, I just think... Besides the laning, um, I'm not saying like he's you know bottom tier or anything, but for me his team fighting um, is like not like a hasn't been like up to par to what he's been for his teams in the in mm. the past. Maybe it's because he doesn't you know like like we've said he's not you know this big hard carry, so he's not coming into these team fights you know like you know whatever three k above his land opponent or like the highest gold in the game. Um, so he he definitely has a different role. Um, maybe it's just um, being more comfortable in that role, not that you know primary carry for his team. I think, yeah. especially early in the season, has or or showed maybe 
some growing pains, you know, kind of not getting all the attention top lane and um, not being someone um, the team needs to depend on to be the carry. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying the team can't doesn't think he can carry because obviously everyone's going to say he can carry, just, you know, not they're not always, you know, kind of... Yeah, well, that's where it's... I can't say that I've heard this directly from anything, but it's not clear to me that, like, him and Closer have any, like, synergies. Like, at least, like, because, like, because Closer is actually underperforming from what we saw. Like, I think we could say that Someday and Closer both performed way better when they were on shittier teams last year. Yeah. Like, they just, like, you could say, like, the meta change or whatnot helped, like, enabled them for that. But this year, for some reason, it just feel like they're they're lesser versions of themselves. Um, and I, I debate if that's just like a, a synergistic issue. Like yeah. you, you could call like, it's like a moment where like you mutual, res- you mutually respect your teammate, but you guys either haven't spent enough time together or you guys just disagree on how the game is played mm-hmm. on like a very basic level. And then you just don't, you, you end up just he, like someday ends up getting put on an eye on closer ends up going elsewhere on the map to right. get advantages with, you know, or something like that. Like it, it just, it, it it's one of those where I would almost want or want this team like play to the bot lane for sure. But like, if you're playing to the top side and getting the two monsters of like you know closer on carry junglers and someday on on at least like the Nar or something like that way ahead or the Renekton way ahead and like or the, even the Gangplank of all you know as a as a major carry like why not you know. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, but I mean, you know, speaking of something that he did get player of the series uh, during Zing Toss, I mean, take it, you know, what you will, it was against. That's uh, more of a, a question of who took out the trash the most, really. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I, it's something it will be interesting to see. We'll talk about it later, of course, but we'll, we'll be interesting to see how 100 Thieves performs um, against a much better opponent um, coming up. Yeah. Yeah, that's 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 the real question test. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so I mean, unless you have anything else, we can move on to uh, TSM versus Evil Geniuses. Yeah, let's let's get this trash out of out of out of the scene. What, what do we got? What do we, what's next? What's next? Uh, let's get onto the pretty thing. The TSM prettiest thing. versus like the. I mean, it was almost. I mean, um, but you know, three one, so not a three zero at least. Um, and you know, with with game one, you know, of course TSM uh, wins. You know, but I think. Um, it was a pretty clean game by uh, TSM overall, you know, with only a couple of speed pumps um, mm. in the way. You know, Evil Genius is killing um, Huni twice um, early game on his, yeah. you know, Nocturne. And then, um, you know, Spico, while EG was doing that, you know, he was getting all the early objectives for his team, helping the team set up for like a 23-minute Dragon Soul. Um, and then Evil Geniuses, you know, they, they were doing some good things. And like I said, they were, they were keeping Huhi down, you know, killing him. They were, you know, g- ganking, not just top lane. I think they had a successful gank in the mid lane um, and then, you know, getting kills. But once these team fights started happening, which is kind of like a running theme throughout this whole series, is once these teams start, started to happen, is Evil Geniuses never really, I mean, during this whole this whole game, they never won a team fight. Um, mm-hmm. You know, then I think I do give a lot of credit to Huni being in a um, down position he really bounced back in these t in these team fights i mean a real key player um you know ulting right onto the shristana getting kills most of the time or at least you know making her a non-factor in these team fights um so i think you know overall a pretty clean first game for tsm uh, and definitely a good way to start off the series um is i think something for them 
it was good to see, you know, coming off a, a series where they lost the weekend before. Yeah. Yeah, because TSM was actually dropping off at the end of the regular split, weren't they? Yeah. Just what was that? What was the record? What was the record? Where are you at? I mean, they got. Um, I mean, they got second place. Um, of course, behind Cloud Nine. Um, yeah, that's after they lost to EG in Week Six. They did beat Immortals, and they won against Golden Guard. So they like beat like the two bottom teams. Yeah. And they lost to EG, so nothing you hang it on. Nothing for those last two, at least. Um, but the EG one is kind of a that's that that at least has the questions when you're rolling into the game. Mm-hmm. Um, I was actually just kind of watching really quick, like the first dragon fight that happened in game one, and it's very interesting to watch. Like, uh, definitely ends up too close, ends up in the feather range, gets rooted up and chunked out by that, while Queenie just goes off and one v ones them, and it just it's weird that. What you would expect out of the EG team is actually a front-to-back with the Scion at the front and Svenskeren kind of moseying around and Jizuke, I guess, diving in um, with Ignar playing... Actually should be playing more protection on Defly because Tristana is just a keep this champion alive and she will outrange and blow up and start resetting and killing people. And it just doesn't happen like that. Um, What is it? Yeah, Ignar is over off on the side in this fight. Impact is playing front line and Jizuki is looking for, I guess, a soft flank. But the the dive on the dive the free dive for a Huni that yeah. I think just keeps happening in this at least game one is like what just doesn't allow one of their main carries to 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 play the game, mm-hmm. you know. And, I, and, and their I damage think... profile for the team is like pure AD with just the Lilia being able to be the one AP. Mm-hmm. And I think during the fight, like afterwards, like they showed like the damage graph and like Trishan literally did like zero damage, like she literally yeah. <laughs> contributed nothing. I mean, and I, I'm not you know um, blaming him too much. I mean, like all you try to do is W away from this doctor and just, he just comes back just to kill you. Um, even after that. So, uh, yeah, he was, he was super low before he even like yeah. got the rocket jump out. So it's, it was super, super low chance of getting out of that one alive. Um, but yeah, I mean, Else. fight in the jungle sort of gets like a three man, three man jump on him and then they, they just start running away with it. it's like 10 five yeah, at 22 really minutes with three dragons yeah. 5,000 gold leads so like you know gg next mm-hmm. um where ej went super clean and made this made this feel like it was actually going to be like a five game series mm-hmm. um and it's been actually huni yeah huni actually fed his brains out this one didn't on he yeah yeah uh, and camille with the with the ignite like teleport and he didn't he like impact did the like the ring around rosie with him for like a five minute run and then and Svince garen comes from from bot to top and bops him and finishes it and i'm just like are you serious right now are you serious is this the one or is it another one i think it's another game no it is it is this one i bet it is this one yeah because yeah because got the kill back on to impact i believe where is that Um, first death yeah maybe yeah Yes, yeah, so this is what is this? This is game three, right? Am I on game three? I'm on game two. Okay. Yeah. So Huni just ends free top side, gives impact the free the free stuff, and he just keeps getting caught because he doesn't have the flash, so his escapability is like super low. Mm-hmm. And you almost want to question if the team had the same uh, game plan because you're kind of looking at Huni and going, "Hey, control this wave to put the Nar in a position to where you can all in him." And just make sure Speak is covering for you on those timings. 
so that since Garen can't come in and make it a 2v1 and, and save the play. And right. it just doesn't ever actually work out like that. Yeah. Cause I assume what they wanted from this community, because you know we see it later in the series, is that they wanted her to take over you know, the split pushing. You know, if if you get this Nar in a bad position against her, then she can just kind of run rampant. You know, in, in these side lanes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, sadly, it does not go uh, you know their way in that. Um, but you know, just beside not top lane, I think EG really plays the map pretty well in this game. Um, you know, always mm-hmm. roaming as a unit, not letting TSM really find them in um. Uh, in bad positioning or or in number in a disadvantageous number advantage, um, mm-hmm. and then you know like I said, not letting TSM find any chances to really get back into this game once they were down. I think shows Evil Geniuses has the potential. You know they've always throughout the split wasn't very consistent of a team, but you know in game two we see you know I think like they're um, near their peak potential as a five man. Um, you know it was a really clean game by Evil Geniuses. <laughs> um, I think this probably like Evil Genius is just like pure one game, like the best game so far this whole year. Um, mm. And I mean, of course, you know, Impact had a good game against, I mean, Onnar. Um, and I feel like once Impact, most of the time once, once, once Impact gets a, you know, a solid lead, he most of the time doesn't really let that up. And, you know, once again, Onnar, he, nah. um, you know, didn't let it up. Even, heck, even sometimes when he's down like four deaths, you know, eight minutes he comes he turns that back around um so a, a pretty tough top laner to um really kick out of a game so it definitely feels bad when he gets a, a, a solid lead up in that top lane because i mean i feel i feel like the the team game becomes that you know significantly tougher for the for the opponent um oh I, yeah I, yeah I, you, I think, you can't ever really count out impact yeah um super I, con- super consistent very good weak side player and the thing is that like he was in theory he was like weak side for this map for this uh, for this game mm-hmm. too yeah um but it just ended up that since Garen was just covering for it was just there shadowing him because the 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 game plan from dsm is so obvious it's like we're gonna play yeah. through this camille and since Garen's like okay cool hey bot lane uh don't end um they actually end up getting like it's like 30 minutes in they have like two like four assists between the tristan and the and the uh right um rel uh, but you know, impacts two zero and who needs like one and three, like, sorry, game plan. It has failed. Right. Um, good luck. Good luck with the rest of this game. And especially with a champion like Camille, like when she gets down, like it's really hard most of the time for her to like come back in a significant manner in that game. Um, yeah. Like even sometimes, like I remember one game, uh, during the split, Alfari had this massive lead on Camille for Team Liquid, and they it looked like they were just going hard stomp. But like even when this champion sometimes, you know, gets a really significant lead, um, they can still be difficult for the the game to close because you know, they lost that game with Alfari. Um, well, yeah, the the team has to end up knowing how to play sidelines to really enable the split push strategy to work. Yeah, and that's we just don't see that in an A. Like we yeah. we mostly only see like a team fight oriented gameplay and mm-hmm. just you know five people on one on one lane the only the only uh the only players that ever actually get any uh, uh commendation for knowing how to play side lanes is like jazuke perks and alfari right now just three europeans mm-hmm. yeah. um Shocker. we never even seen actually out of jensen and he was yeah. also playing like um actually this is a so yeah so you know that's that's kind of where it's like hey we're gonna do this basically a what would end up being a 
actually this comp of the of the Camille Uter um TF Zaya uh Alistair, it ends up being like a one three one comp mm -hmm. if it actually gets ahead and can play like all three lanes like that. And the TF can just like, you know, make roams and make plays across the map and really enable whichever split push. It's like, you know, red card, Q, clear wave, move for move for play. Super easy. Um but it just falls apart, and I, I wouldn't even expect them to even play it out, even if they got ahead, because it just it just doesn't show up in NA like it like it does anywhere else. Yeah, I would say NA. Funny enough, I remember last year Golden Guardians. They had one super. I forget who it was against. They had one super clean game that was a one three one. Um, and funny mm -hmm. enough, it was Damonte on TF, and I forget who the top lane was. But I mean, I was like, what? Like, what am I watching in NA? But um. For the most part, I would agree that uh, we have uh, a big issue pretty much playing anything that's not, um, you know, run down mid and, and team fight late game and see if you win. Um, yeah. I mean, I do think, you know, in this series and just throughout his whole career, I do think Hooney, you know, you, you said, um, you know, all those Europeans, he is a player and we've seen it in NA and, of course, throughout his um, tenure in other places, but he is a player you – or knows how to or, or can play that um side lane pressure for you i mean i think mm -hmm. he's well especially when he um you know has a lead it, it definitely helps but i think he is capable of doing it um maybe overall tsm you know the other players don't really know how to play well with um you know like a pierce but pusher like uh, the camille um of course mm -hmm. this game they don't really get a good um sample of Chant. that um, yeah for yeah. at least game two yeah yeah but game three, they bring back the Nocturne, and this is actually where TSM starts actually closing out of the series. Because um, I think this Nocturne game for game three actually went well. Um, well uh, he, yeah, it was okay. I mean, I think, um, and the, just like the 1v1 Impact, because Impact was playing the Bully Bear, and he yeah. was like bopping on this Nocturne. Yeah, yeah one, early on, like, yeah. Like, game one, like, Impact was just on... Um, scion so he could like never really do anything yeah the nocturne like never really pressure him but in, in this matchup especially in the early phases like he was able i mean he never like killed him but he was able to really get him low and um kind of put him down not like necessarily like in yeah game put one. him down early in lane yeah yeah, yeah. Like pre five minutes if anyone remembers like he just impact just shoves him off the wave like just mm -hmm. takes takes a bite out of the nightmare and he's like please i've i want more um so, so yeah i do like that kind of adaptation for evil geniuses where impact is still playing you know a frontline tanky um, champion like scion but mm -hmm. he can kind of go toe-to-toe -to -toe with you know this nocturne a little bit easier um especially in, in the beginning of the game um and in you know in the mid game for evil geniuses um i, I don't you know, it was okay, you know, finding TSM outnumbered, you know, taking these team fights and building their advantages. Um, you know, they don't really get to early stack dragons, which I think could really help them in this game three. Um, but I think overall things were good, looking good for them, um, Evil Geniuses, until, you know, Sword Art decided just to hit the God Hook on Nautilus on Deathly. Um, and then, you know, TSM wins that, that fight, gets lost gets like a quadra kill in that fight and then they go straight to baron tsm does they get the baron and then like within like five minutes tsm wins the game um so it was it was shocking because tsm had to come back in this game 
from yeah. you know, a, a sizable deficit. They weren't down like you know anything crazy, but they were still were down. And I mean, pretty much this game for TSM comes down to that you know one hook from Sword Art um, hitting, and then the team being able to kill Deathly, and then you know um, get the get the full ace on the Evil Geniuses. Now it is good for them that just with that one play and Baron, they were able to close out the game in a pretty timely manner. You know, they didn't really waste time because they kind of knew um, that was their window. You know, be able to push down towers and getting more pressure around the map and things like that for them. So I, I, I say in my notes, you know, not the way TSM would want to win, but they're happy with the win. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. I, and then I think that's where this, because they were up until, because I was actually watching where it turned, because mm-hmm. uh, they had at most maybe like a two thousand gold lead, yeah. Um, EG over TSM, and then it was this blue, it was this blue jungle, um, well blue side jungle right right above the wolves where Huni actually gets five hundred gold off the shutdown kill onto Jizuke, and that just evens the gold up, um, effectively. Yeah. Like it's only five hundred, but like, and I know five hundred doesn't equal two thousand, but that kind of brings the nocturne back into a viable state of being at yeah. or ahead sure, sure of the curve of the game. So he can actually like try to ult in and try to kill an opposing member. Cause that's, that's the whole idea for Nocturne is if you can't go, if you can't ult and dive in and kill, uh, and like one shot, one of the play, one of the players or like one of the carries, then you're just, you're just fodder. Mm-hmm. I also, you know, you're, you're just putting out. Yeah. Go ahead. No, uh, I was going to say like, you know, on with Huni, you know, in the earlier stages game, you know, early slash mid game, you know, even with being down a little bit, he was still showing like good ults on um, Nocturne. Not even necessarily like getting kills, but just like, you know, making the map dark for for evil geniuses at, at critical points. I remember at one point, I believe in this game, he, he ults and then TP. So like during most of the fight, um, even before he really gets there, the... Um, Evil Genius is playing at disadvantage because, you know, he, he ulted and whatnot. Um, mm-hmm. So I just think he showed that even when Nocturne can't, you know, at, at a certain point in the game, can't just ult in one shot a, a particular champion, he can still be useful with, you know, his ult and his, his kit overall. So I just kind of wanted to throw that in for him. Yeah, no, I haven't. I would actually be. Because I feel like I remember that play or something like that. I don't know if there's some mandela effect happening here yeah but the idea of like ult is nocturne teleport in and be there for the fight so like because yeah. the ult basically says you can't fight yeah. um i just don't actually feel like that ult that darkness lasts long enough to channel off a teleport um but it's 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 one of the most oppressive abilities in the game of just like hey everyone's like nearsighted now and, and even he, like sometimes there was just like him ulting just to get away from like uh you know a disadvantageous spot for him like you know without the ult he probably have died but since you know he made people not see him uh, mm-hmm. as easy it was just uh making sure that he didn't fall even more behind on, on the champion yeah actually is this this hook yeah this is the hook that yeah okay so yes okay yeah this word definitely Sorry. doesn't buffer jump gets hooked and then they get blown up and that's going to be that. Yeah. Huni dives in and just, yeah, definitely gets taken out by lost. And that's going to be that like, yeah, I mean, and Jizuki just never ends up actually at a point in this game where like, here's a, here, so here's, I appreciate that Jizuki and perks are like the two uh, mids in an a that are playing uh, Yone mm-hmm. and, you know, trying to show that, but perks has been the only one to actually play the character and feel like it's viable. Like, and perks right. has been the best Tristana 
in in the league for mm-hmm. which is just baffling when there's well, people you know, that he play has all that AD. experience down bot lane for G2 so you just bring in the mid lane yeah but his his primary experience bot lane was from what was it 2019 doing Zaya and um and Geisen that was the best he was as an ADC otherwise last year he had they they had the they swapped roles twice where Cavs went bot lane for the spring split and then uh Perks went back to bot lane for the summer and for worlds and while like the players will definitely tell you and I, I think it's a decent point that the team was better because of how much they'd learned after after all that time together. I don't think there was ever a meta where in in that year in the in the two years w- with that roster of G2 where Perks is pay- playing ADC for three out of those four splits where he was playing Tristana. I think um I, I just don't I, I don't recall that off the top of my head. Um, but Tristana's also been a, a mid lane pick back before even she got reworked when mm-hmm. she was an AP mid. Mm-hmm. When she, you could do AP um, assassin <laughs> bo- head bopping uh, Tristana. Um, so it's just I just so yeah I just oh boy I I, so, but I'm, I just I'm just really sad that like Jazuki pulls out the Yone but it never feels like yeah. the Yone gets to the point where like he's going he's like soul on he's unbounding a soul jumping in and just wrecking lives and then flying away on like 100 hp like like perks has done throughout the split yeah and i um, think in that same fight he hits like a pretty he hits like a three-man ult, but it just definitely is already dead so like there's really no yeah. uh, additional damage and he might have been exhausted actually in that fight let me see here so yeah I mean, so yeah okay yeah it's it, definitely's dead he come yeah. and jizuke gets yeah, loss comes down, ult comes off, hits three, but he's exhausted for it. So he's only critting for like 134 yeah, exactly. damage. But, and I think it's if definitely <laughs> was there, they could have had uh, a pretty good chance of uh, maybe turning that around for, for in that team fight. Yeah. So like, Sword Art just nails that exhaust like perfectly. Yeah. Because that would have probably, that might have been able to turn the fight because Finscare or Impact jumps in with his ult as well. Mm-hmm. So that exhaust may have actually saved that fight. Um, because it was still Lilia and the and impact up, but and Lost would have been dead. Sword should have been dead. Speaker should have been dead. So it had kind of been on a full health and pretty good amount of mana power of evil and Huni to win the rest of the fight. And I, so I think TSM still won that, but they would not have gotten the Baron right uh, yeah, afterwards. Sure. So that that would have been unfortunate, but it would not have ballooned out to like a five k gold lead yeah. after that fight. Um, so perks on Sword Art for catching Deathly, bad on Deathly for not being able to buffer jump that. Um, and then Sorat saves the fight, saves the turn, and exhausts Jazuke. So uh, props to the $6 million import. Uh, yeah, the, I was, I was, I was <laughs> say, you know, I think Sword Art during this uh, series really started to show maybe uh, a little bit why TSM yeah, spent know. so much money. Um, I mean, he gets player of the series, which I think is deserved because he really does show... Uh, I mean, of course, with his mechanical plays, you know, he shows he, he's very capable, but I also think, you know, from his... Um, late game decision making for the team and just kind of you know i mean he's been at the biggest stage he's been on this biggest stage so he has um you know a lot of experience to to lean on i think he kind of really showed that against a um a team um in evil geniuses this this series mm-hmm. um but you know let's just go on to game four game four i think was the most enjoyable for me to um watch you know, both these teams, you know, just killing each other in the beginning of the game. Um, so he's still, you know, pretty close for, for a while, even though both teams had like seven plus skills. It was still relatively close in gold and overall um, power between all the champions. Um, I think 
Evil Genius was the first team to get a real advantage, and it was you know through the ability to team fight, not letting Huni get good flanks on his Camille, and then focusing down Lost on Tristana. Um, definitely was huge for you know them at being um, eight zero and three at one point during this game. So uh, he was really bringing that team fighting <coughs> power for his team. Um, Evil Genius mm-hmm. then you know kept taking fights where TSM was just out of position, not being together. And you, Evil Geniuses would be able to focus down one or two players, you know, not um, with the other three guys or anything like that. Um, and then where this game, once again, kind of similar to Game 3, you know, started to turn around was after Evil Geniuses already won a fight against TSM. I think like two or three guys are left. But Spica makes a heroic play, probably saves this game for TSM. He, he flashes in on Udyr in the Dragon Pit, I mean, in the Baron Pit, and steals the Baron, I think... If Evil Geniuses were able to get that Baron, they were in a pretty good lead, and they would probably have been able to close this game four out, pushing into game five. But stealing the Baron while, you know, the only player to actually get it was Sword Art on Alistar. It's not even really about the buff. It's just really about not letting Evil Geniuses balloon their lead with a Baron. Yeah, it, it stalls the game first. out. It, yeah. it, it stalls the game out, because at some point... Um, I actually am curious about how that plays out, but I think at one point uh, Camille will end up being on a side lane against the Aatrox, and Aatrox's job just ends up being wave clan because he can't ever beat the uh, Caitlyn in a one v one if there's a split push play. Um, lost on the Tristana will eventually outrange the Kaisa, uh, so unless the engage pops off and Lost is blown up immediately, there's like no chance. Um, Jizuke is actually just an engage bot uh, with the, uh, yeah, with, the, the, the Nico. with the with the Nico. And Svenskaren's kind of of a similar nature. So you end up having a lot of AoE engage options there with like a sleep followed up on the, the, the Blossom and definitely can like dive in on all those CCs and like really blow it up. But mm-hmm. the later it goes, the harder that is because yep. they end up having, I don't know, the, the tankiness can kind of come into question because with the ult, Sword Art can be way tankier than most anyone else on the side of right. EG. Mm-hmm. Uh because Impact's just like a you know a heel bot bruiser, really, yeah. and Rel's Rel's not near as tanky, at least with in terms of the ult comparison for the mm-hmm. for the Alistar. So it really comes down to like EG to really execute and get these wins. Because um, Nico is not a very standard team fighter; she's very yeah. much like flash in, get the ult off, win the fight, or death. Uh. I mean, yeah, I think. You know, in this game, because Power of Evil was also on Syndra, so you know, she skills a lot better than Nico. I, I do think Evil Geniuses had a window to win, and if they had gone that Baron, I think they would have, you know, won in the window. Just, you know, TSM had Tristana late game. Power of Evil was doing really good on that Syndra late game um, for mm-hmm. team. So I think, you know, once Deathly dies in these later team fights, then Evil Geniuses is really lacking in that damage because, you know, talk about Aatrox, he's. N- you don't want him to be your primary damage in these late team late game team fights, and then of course Nico going to Everfrost not really bringing the big damage for your team, playing that more. Yeah, still being very utility role. focused on yeah. that. Um, I mean she does okay damage, but you no, know, she's like she's not going to ult the back line for the enemy team and be able to blow them up just by herself. Um, so I think that's where this game really starts to turn around. You know, TSM starts to find these these team fights where they're more cohesive as a, as a unit and you know, take take these actual good 5v5s for the team and then they're able mm-hmm. to kill deftly off with who's the big you know carry and they, and they kill him off really early 
in these team fights where, um, you know, now Evil Geniuses is dependent on, you know, um, all these other champions who aren't really built to be, you know, the primary damage dealer in these team fights. Yeah. Well, I was actually just watching the 50 minute fight over by, like, right after the uh, Herald, it looks like. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's over around blue on TSM's, blue's TSM side. And Jazuke hits no one with his ultimate. And I feel like that was a consistent issue, even in the game that they won where he was playing Nico. He's not getting major ults, major ults with this. Like, yeah. he's, he's whiffing a lot of these ults. It's like watching DeMonte play Oriana again. It's just very depressing to watch. And it's like, I'm sorry, can we please get Wonder from G2 over here to teach Jazuke how to play this character? Because, like, you, there's there's an entire premise of like you should be flash ulting into the into this and grabbing like three people with this ult mm -hmm. and like rooting them up for five years so your team has like you know three years to cut them down and they just it just he just doesn't land them the, right. in this fight here he's trying to get power of evil and he whips both of his regular spells on him and then um he ults on top he ults on top of who is it he holds on top of Sword Art, I believe, who goals golden. Actually, no, it wasn't gold. But he holds on top of someone who just goals golden. Yeah, it's on top of Huni, actually, who uses a stopwatch. So no damage, no caught there. Like, you call it CC, and Huni's caught, but he's golden. You can't do yeah. anything. He's going to come on out and jump out of the way or jump onto a kill. And it's it's just it's just like, oh, Juzuke. Like I appreciate the pick, but you gotta you gotta land those ults. And if you're not landing those ults on Nico, then you might as well be a minion. Yeah, I man, I do like Suzuki and just overall players. I mean, we both agree. I don't think Nico's really in his uh, wheelhouse, or um, you know, he he's much more comfortable um, on like things like a Blanc or, or whatever. Um, uh -huh. But I just think you know it does kind of show the um, inexperience with the champion. Um. Mm -hmm. So yeah, yeah, I mean that could also you know impact it. It could also, it, it could also be that the team is just not used to the pick well enough to know yeah, how to set it up like well. Yeah. I mean, I'd have to run like a high analysis on how like G two plays around when Wonder has Nico, but when when Wonder has Nico, the the ults just feel like they're impactful. Like it's it's one of those where like the ult is impactful even if it like catches no one because it does like a proper zoning that allows for like an objective to win or it splits sure. people off or something like that but for this nico alt they just did not end with eg really winning that fight and mm -hmm. let alone even trying to get ahead well enough mm -hmm. um so yeah yeah um yeah i mean like to be fair you know comparing lcs team versus g2 is it's actually bullying lcs if you if you um I'm aware. I just, yeah. I, I, I'm aware. I just, it's the only reference for Nico that we have. No, I, no, I don't know of any. Yeah. Yeah, so I was no. like, I have, I have one reference, and I'm gonna use it. Like you're not gonna stop me. Like, yeah. You're comparing G2 to an NA team. No. I'm aware. But this is the standard of what is at least effective Nico play. But you know, and I think we can very easily agree if you're not landing your ults, you have a problem with just playing any champ. Yeah. You know. I would agree, especially um, or actually at any level. If you're not if you're not hitting your abilities, probably not good for your team. Um, yeah, bad pro play. Bad, bad, bad pro play. Like, okay. Like the um, only the only the only ultimate that's allowed to miss is an Aatrox ultimate. Sure. That's and like a Mundo ultimate. That's the only ults that are allowed to miss targets. Okay. Sure. Uh, yeah. The rest need to hit. So. Oh, um, bless. Anything else you want to add on to this uh, series? 
No, not really. I wished I I'm not not really. I I wanted to go further. I wish it could have uh, gone better and I yeah. I'm kind of actually I was looking at how the bracket works just to remember how this yeah, was designed it is a bit confusing, and especially since when I Well, it's it's sort of like a mini group stage with these best of fives. Mm-hmm. Um and just a very simple but it's all one one offs for just how how the teams were lined up based on I believe ranking. Um so I'm really happy we we're going from like eight teams down to four teams instead of having like a nine year like lower bracket run like yeah, we did last that was year painful like i i don't agree with having eight teams going to yeah, playoffs. I, I think six is uh, yeah it, it just it, it just is because uh, at least for like 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 lac is a whole nother world but for all the teams that got into playoffs it just felt good mm-hmm. and even the teams that did make into playoffs if they had you'd still feel good about it and it's, yeah. that's part of like that's part of like partly a, a reflection on the region mm-hmm. but it you don't feel you're not feeling like you have an excess number of games and some games just are like let's get these out of the way you know like mm-hmm. the, it goes between like they matter but it's there's there's a reason i'm playing a ram instead of watching right. dignitas at a certain point yeah. um so so for for those that don't know it was eight teams they all do their best of fives the losers are immediately gone there's no lower bracket run for them and now we have an upper a winner's bracket and a lower bracket for the last four teams um if I'm not mistaken. Um, and so I think it's TLC nine is coming up. Right. And that'll knock them down, knock yeah. one of them down to the lower bracket. Yeah. To and face. then they play the winner of P- play the winner of, was it hundred thieves? hundred thieves TSM. hundred thieves TSM. And then, and the then that winner will go to the finals against whoever wins against cloud nine versus team liquid. Yeah. 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 Yep. So that last part's really simple, but the the other part is yeah. just like, wait, we have eight teams. How do they? Where do they go? It's actually they're all gone. Yeah, <laughs> half of them are gone. I will say, like for whatever team, like just doesn't lose throughout the whole um, playoffs. It does feel kind of bad in the finals if you like if you lose because you know all all the teams got second chances. But if you're that one team that just won out throughout the playoffs, you get the finals lose. It does I do remember that last split? It did feel. Um, it could it could feel with C nine C nine last year. Yeah, it could feel well, a little bad. Was, um, they, one yeah, life. yeah, they well they they did fell apart on that a bit. And yeah, that I think there are other tournament formats that do allow for that rematch, especially if they win the get the winners bracket um, run. Um, the other main advantage that they kind of get is that it, let, let, let's say C nine like wins against TL. Mm-hmm. Um, spoiler. Um, spoiler. Yeah. Then they get to watch TL like perhaps go to a full yeah. five games against TSM or hundred thieves. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we would actually, do you want to, do you want to jump into predictions next? I forget the oh, schedule. Yeah. Yeah, the, the, the most fun I have during this whole, uh, whole talking is just talking about what could happen. I, we can mm-hmm. talk about, you know, what, what has happened, you know, that's, you know, facts aren't fun. Yeah, Speculation fact, is great. Amen. Yes. Okay. <laughs> um, so I was thinking to just do uh, TSM versus 100 Thieves first. Um, I can actually put in I, my uh, predictions on my Excel spreadsheet for this. Oh. So I kind of like wrote down some like ways each team could, mm-hmm. needs to win or, you know, can win. Um, so for 100 Thieves, you know, the first one I have is like uh, kind of like unlock someday against uh, Hooney. You know, find that mm-hmm. side lane pressure for the team or, you know, it kind of depends if you want to make him play a sign lane um, split pusher or if you you know want him to play a, a team fighter it still works for both ways because i think having someday you know 
more like the we've talked about a lot about Sunday, you know, kind of going back to some of his older uh, ways, you know, being being mm-hmm. as strong as a player overall. I, I think could really help, and, and we've seen you know like impact even be able to get these leads against um, Hooney and. And sure, why it didn't work out overall for Evil Geniuses, I think someday is you know that caliber of player that can you know build those leads for him, and not just build a lead, but you know push that lead um, further into the game. Um, mm-hmm. So I think you know that's key for this matchup. Um, closer, I think beating out Speaker for the zero of the game objectives. I think both junglers have shown that you know they like to focus early the game objectives sometimes even over ganking for their laners and most of the time that you know tends to stacking um, dragons early you know so you can get like a 23 24 minute soul can really benefit your team and be a really um good win condition so that'll be interesting to see which junglers that's which team kind of gets prio over those early game objectives i, I think we could see mm-hmm. some skirmishes for even over like second dragon um which you know a lot of teams if they're in a, on the losing side or something like that will just kind of hand over the first two drakes um and kind of like fight for that third but i think we could see a little bit more skirmishing for some of these early dragons and early objectives overall between these two teams yeah well there has been a pattern going on where a lot of teams will end up giving away like the first two or three mm-hmm. drakes um, to kind of whichever team moves to it first, yeah, um, and then just fight later. I I do remember I forget which game I like tuned in on if it was in Europe or if it was in NA, but it's, but like one team, the red side team I think had three Drakes, but the blue side team had a 10k goal lead, and I was like, yeah, like why care about Drakes when you can get a 10k goal lead, <laughs> and they won. So yeah. I was like, this is actually hilarious. Um, I do want to point out because I actually looked it up real quick on my Excel spreadsheet. Um, Hundred Thieves has only beaten TSM, I think, since only in like day one of maybe even that might have even been um when was that? Day one. So yeah, they haven't beat them since the beginning of the preseason with lock and turn. Wow. I didn't know. So that. I so if I'm like reading if I'm reading if I'm and I'm check marking the right filters on my Excel spreadsheet, yeah, uh Hundred Thieves has not beaten TSM all all split. Hmm. That's um, interesting. Now, of course, most of the year has been with Demonte. I mean, they they have played him. Um, they have played TSM with Ryoma, I do believe. So you know, they've lost with him as well. Um, but yeah, it, yeah. I uh, if, if it's it's kind of one of those where like this is kind of the last two raw for this iteration of the roster, mm, and yeah. it's it's like can can hundred Th- if hundred thieves beats TSM when TSM is like if they like revive that masterful clean streak that they had in like weeks. Was it like three and four? Yeah, like, um, something like that. Then, then that would actually, I think, like really raise a lot of the standards and expectations for the team. Mm-hmm. But I don't think either of us are predicting uh, 100 Thieves to win this. Hmm. Yeah, man, I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like it, you can run that. I don't know. No, I mean, it, it, it does. I, it does seem like 100 Thieves is kind of hidden, you know, their wall in TSM in this mm-hmm. matchup. Now, now watch us talk about it like this and, you know, 100 Thieves gets like a 3-0 or 3-1 uh, convincingly. Um, I, I don't think we're going to have any 3-2s until, except for like in C9TL games. Yeah. Like, this is going to be the only like five game series we have, I think. I, I at least hope Cloud9TL um, 
goes. Oh, I went ten. Games. I went ten games out of that grudge match. Like that's what I want. I went yeah. ten games. Like yeah. let's go. And like, most likely we're going to get that. Um, I mean, out of the two other teams, I think obviously TSM is the only one that can upset that. We better. I'm I'm writing a letter to like my 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 senator or something like that. Oh, I don't know. Okay, <laughs> yeah, uh, Mr. Senator. I know my, you don't my know new Mormon here. senator out here yeah. in Utah. Like, <laughs> yeah. I don't even know. I don't even know who my reps are out here. I'm a I'm a horrible part of the electorate, uh, <laughs> um, but yeah. So well, yeah. TSM hundred thieves breakdown. Well, like we can have the fun breakdown of just like the head to head matchups. So you have like yeah. um, Huni versus Someday. I would actually favor Someday just historically for I that would take one. Someday for that, yeah. Yeah, money's on Someday for that. Uh, jungle side, you have Speaker versus Closer, and I would actually favor Closer historically, oh, but that's really? also me remembering like his hype, but Speaker's yeah. been a wonderful yeah. surprise since last year. I would um, I would take Speaker right now. And I also I think he had a really good series mm-hmm. against Evil Geniuses. Um, you know, I, I think the the Speaker should 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 get most of the um prio in this matchup. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um and then mid lane, uh, Ryoma, and they're gonna stick with Ryoma uh, yeah. versus Power of Evil. Poe is the winner on that one. Anyone think, wants to? Tr- yeah. Oh boy, oh boy, what you no, got? No, I, I was gonna say I think this matchup is gonna be like the most um, favored in any of these matchups. I think Power of Evil should like really dominate Ryoma in this matchup, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you know I think we could really see. We've seen it before, but I think we could see really Power of Evil be like a big carry in this series, because um, mm-hmm. I just hope slash believe you know he has the capability to really bully someone around like Ryoma. Not saying Ryoma is a, you know a bad player, but you know they play very similar styles to the game. I just think Power of Evil does it a lot, lot better than Ryoma yeah. does. Yeah, well, that's where that's where the presumed premise for bringing in Ryoma was that he was a better mage, he was a better uh, control mage player. Yeah, um, I think he overall is um, than you know Damante, but either yeah. of them really going up against Power Evil, probably the best mage mid laner we have in the LCS right now. Um, yeah, it's kind of unfair. Yeah, well, I, I also kind of have like the one thought you kind of want to give someone like is shut down their major carry. Mm-hmm. Um, the problem, like, because you would you would tell that to like. Uh, last name Anderson on the magic back in the day, but like you want to, you'd have someone go one-on-one with like LeBron to like try to try to shut down LeBron in the NBA. But, and and that's a reasonable thing in how the basketball is played, but in Lee without POE plays, cause he's like this generation's, um, uh, frog in for just play style. Um, there isn't really a shutting him down because it's, it's a very like clear wave, like just get your CS and the only way you really like play shut down power of evil is um is like diving him or something like that otherwise it's like clear wave go away um so you you can't exactly look at ryoma especially with his play style as being the same thing be like hey um neutralize power of evil what does that even like you can't even try to postulate yeah how do you go about that with just the place that you know they wanted to realistically that he would just need like help from closer even though we don't see a lot of games from closer but you know him coming to the mid lane or um who he coming up from the top on um, the bot lane, you know, mm-hmm. try to relieve some pressure or get some kills on Power of Evil could be a way, you know, if you're if you're trying to go that way or that route mm-hmm. trying to shut down Power of Evil. Um, but I think for 100 Thieves, like their big winning condition, I've said this before, 
um, in other matchups is that they really should focus bot lane because I think the only chance for 100 Thieves to win is if FBI and he, he are like just hard carrying for this team. Not saying those yeah. players won't contribute, but you know if FBI and Huey are in a you know good position, I would have faith more in faith that they can um, pull it out. Not saying that they would. You know, of course TSM we've seen be in bad positioning uh, in team fights, but still pull it out. But um, I, w- I would put all my eggs in the bot lane basket for Hunter Thieves in this matchup. Yeah, and that's a good, that's a good win condition sort of postulation. That's I think that's where you kind of want to ask the question just to con- just to finish off the co- the the comparison across the river is does the do you put lost and sword art uh above above uh, under or over um uh, fbi and who he yeah. like um, which is the better like because we can do I the one-to-ones you. to them later in yeah. terms of how like they they team fight and how they yeah. roam you I think, know respectively i think um as a you know 2v2 bot lane you know if you're just taking mm-hmm. that at four i i would give the overall advantage to 100 thieves um okay. i just think in that 2v2 they um are just a little bit better um now if we're going individual i overall i would i would take sword art of course as the better support um mm-hmm. but i i would say fbi um is is the better adc and so i mean yeah yeah okay yeah because we could yeah i think we could agree on that with fbi being the better adc altogether um kind of actually uh the fun question for like uh game one uh where does first blood happen top lane or bot lane that is a great question i i it probably honestly depends where wherever wherever the junglers go um because mm-hmm. that tends this you know most most of the time wherever first yeah, blood yeah. happens is a jungler i mean we could see just a two straight 2v2 um kill in the in the bot lane um mm-hmm but I would say, if I was going to bet, I would say the bot lane um, is probably going to have first blood. Because if 100 Thieves tries to prioritize bot lane, they, they could try to make a play early. Um, or TSM, you know, then TSM could make a good counter gank or, or counter play and get a kill. So I, I would yeah. bet, if I was a betting man, I would bet on the first blood being in bot lane. Yeah. Well, that's where, like, I don't, it's not clear to me that the, that, TS, that, Hundred Thieves have any proclivity to even like play towards someday. Um, yeah. They're giving him Gragas and uh, Aatrox or whatnot, just you know, absorb pressure kind of characters, mm-hmm. and not any not anything that's like you want to get them get them far ahead because they can take over a game. So I really think that like if Hundred Thieves agree with this analysis of what we expect, what their best win condition can be is getting their bot lane ahead. Um, I would put a lot. I would actually put money on a on on a, a first blood happening in bot lane for at least like game one of the series, right. and then see how they adapt from there. Because that's about the easiest um, and most re- reasonable takes you can have right now. Yeah. Uh, for how for how these teams would want to win and interact. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it would just. I think it does depend. I mean, of course, the laners can come in. You know, jungle and top. I mean mid and top but I, I think it does depend really of how much closer is willing to gank i mean we've seen him gank but just overall through whole split he's been a jungler that is more um farm focused and more objective focused and overall it's been um positive or successful 400 thieves i just think um 
you just can't rely or should rely on just like 100 Thieves hard stomping or, or getting a significant lead against a, a bot lane like TSM. Yeah, I know. Because Loss hasn't been exceptionally standout, but he's also not yeah. been a hard enter. Yeah, he's solid. Know. I mean, I think he's like one of those ADCs, if I was like a coach or whatever, like just get him in a good position for team fights because I think he's a pretty good team fighter. Um, mm-hmm. So, I mean, he, we've seen, we saw that against Evil Geniuses. He was very, he was pretty solid in those um, team fights. So, you know, just getting him to farm up would be the, the big thing for me. Um, and also, like, Sword Art does roam around a significant amount for his team. So, most time, um, loss is kind of on that farm duty for, um, for TSM. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sword Art's a Core JJ light. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, maybe, yeah. like, I mean, Core JJ was still good this split, but maybe, like, Core JJ light of old, maybe, like, when he got MVP. <laughs> Um. Yeah. All right. Do we have a, another topic you want to jump to? Yeah, I mean, let's go to the 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 big one. Hopefully, mm. it does not disappoint. Cloud Nine versus Team Liquid should should be five games. I'll be disappointed if it doesn't go to five games. Um. I mean, for Cloud Nine. I, I have, you know, watch over Fudge to make sure he doesn't get too far behind Alfari. I think recently Fudge has shown, um, you know, s- some big growth. Now, sure, he wasn't against a player like Alfari, and I, I don't really suspect Fudge to, you know, ever get a lead against him unless it's, you know, unless he's getting, like, a hard camp from Blabber. But I do think he's more capable than a lot of people give him that he, like, he won't be useless um, for Cloud9 later. Um, I do think Alfari will will get the lead. Just it kind of depends how big of the lead um, in that top lane for me. Yeah, I think um, I think I think uh, what is it? Uh, Fudge Fudge has actually shown up pretty well here in the coming into the playoffs. Yeah, like he's been he was super lackluster like from from uh, lock in through the rest of the regular yeah, season. Most of the time they're just putting things like Gragas. So. Yeah, yeah, I just it's like, hey, don't die. Thanks, yeah, bye. Much. Um, but it's been quite nice to see him like on the Renekton, like doing some work mm-hmm. and the like. So I'm, I'm kind of sitting there like I don't, I, I'm still giving like the favor over Talfari for mm-hmm. sure, but I'm also kind of looking at it going, like, I don't know. I think Fudge could surprise us. Like that would uh, be. I, the, th- I think that'd be the biggest surprise of the whole, the whole thing. If like Fudge is able to get like. A good lead against Alfari. Yeah, because you almost want to ask the question: uh, if if both teams make their top lane their win condition, mm-hmm. which team plays better around their top lane? Because it's it's kind of you you can have like the best top lane in the world, but if the team doesn't know what to do right. to really enable that top laner, um, then it's it's wasted it's wasted you know uh, horsepower. Mm-hmm. So. If that's how that if if that's how the teams decide to play out and just like you know what our top laner is better than your top laner, and we're gonna prove like the entire like you know fan narrative wrong, it's like hey uh, yeah Fudge is not in fact a uh, poopy Fudge he is uh, he is big monster Fudge boy, um, that could be like just a super fun thing. I don't expect yeah. that when you have options like Zven and Perks and Blabber, uh, but if you wanted to like flex on them, it's like alrighty no we're gonna give Fudge a heart like you know, Jackson to um 
and how far is Camille and just that would help him. I, that's what I want to see. Right, like is is watch the dumpstering happen. Like yeah. who knows? I don't I don't really even care who loses. Like alrighty, let's go. Let's let's make this bloody. Let's make this a good like fun game one, uh, and and run it. Uh, otherwise, uh, otherwise, yeah, like across the board, blabber over Santorin. Yeah, I put perks over Jensen. Oh yeah, um, I put. I mean, I think Jensen. I mean, he had a you know a good split but i think it was pretty quiet i mean he's just another guy that who is really content on farming for these team fights um so he's most of the time not you know roaming or making well, too flashy plays or anything like that first yeah time. well to give um because tl is finally learning this actually i think but to give uh sort of some european context for how g2 uh, evolved in the two years since they had the uh, the monster roster with perks caps uh wonder yankos and mickey x um what they had to learn, especially when you have like a successful year as a League of Legends team, is that you don't get breaks. Um, mm-hmm. Like for example, like right now, like I think CLG, they're off until spring starts, and they're they're off like three months or something like that. Because mm-hmm. once we get done with the um, midseason showdown, we go off to MSI, yep. which is going to be its own almost month long thing. So CLG is getting like a big break right now. But any successful team right now, like C9 TL, or for example, like TSM. Um, they're not getting a break until they lose, basically, right. you know? So what G2 had to learn as a team is to pace themselves and know, and learn when to peak. And yep. if you watch Europe, you can see that they're doing that and they're having fun games, even in the middle of playoffs, but they know when to turn it on and peak. And I think mm-hmm. Perks has brought that, you know, lesson with him to where and he's imbo- I think he's embodying it in a way with how he plays when he had like the Victor game where he just gets caught top lane and look like he's just AFK farming against I think TSM where and when they had what like a I think Blabber yeah Blabber was on was on Lilia had like a three level lead over Spica and C9 eventually just kind of throw away the game it's like a 10k gold lead or something stupid like that mm. and and while that was very disappointing and really bad of C9 I I think it's almost evidence of them taking the 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 route of not burning themselves out too early so they can actually be ready and be motivated and not be fatigued when worlds hits yeah um i mean i think you know to add that on like you know you know playoff perks is definitely a thing right now um mm-hmm. i mean you know he had i mean it was kind of funny listening to his interview at the end of the um, series last weekend where he got like player of the uh, series. He's like, really? Like, I don't think I played that well. Um, and so it's kind of like interesting to see like his own insight or like his own play. Um, he's like, you know, like when, you know, he's, he, when he's given player of the series in, in a matchup, he comes back with like, oh, I don't actually think I was the best, you know, player um, throughout the series for my team. And, and, and for me, I, I agree with him. I would have given to fudge because i think fudge really showed out um it was kind of um confused when perks got it but then you have to remember it's perks and you know people are, i'm not saying he played bad but i think it was definitely a thing where his his big name kind of helped him get that play of the series um mm-hmm. but i think he definitely um yeah like you said knows knows when to peak and knows really when to turn it on for his team yeah yeah definitely definitely yeah. Um, yeah, playoff perks is scary. Yeah, 
I would uh, not want to play against him. <laughs> um, I, I, look, I wouldn't want to play Perks even if he had like a month off. I would, you know, just kid. No, no. Like, um, but, you know, here's my mouse and keyboard. Yeah. Do with him what you will. <laughs> um, so, you know, looking towards this, this spot lane, I think is um, pretty interesting. Like, what, in that 2v2, like, where, where do you lean? Because that's uh, based on actually with uh, Tactical's recent performance, yep. uh, and not to mention Sven's history, and Vulcan versus K- Core JJ is like it's Core JJ favored, but like by percentage points. Yeah. Uh, you kind of end up like giving it over to C9, honestly, because because mm. I don't think because Tactical is in his sophomore year, and sure. that's sort of the year that you get settled, but you also need to really like stamp in like what the future can hold for you, you as a talent and because tactical came in like surprised everyone i yeah. think more of them getting rid of the toxicity of double lift at the time for just how toxic double lift was at the time um i think is what really uh blew up tl last spring um and so tactical was like a, a sweet relief and really showed up and really i think grew a lot and you know surprised all of us and was doing well even at Worlds when, you know, TL was, like, struggling to, yeah. you know, try to get out of groups. Um, and, you know, sadly they didn't. But what I saw was that he was actually in an interview, I think, with either Ashley Kang or Travis saying, like, he was feeling burnt out, like, at the beginning of Spring Split after they won the lock-in tournament. Jeez. I'm just like, that is rookie mistake. That is rookie endurance is what I would even call it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, where he is... Yeah, because th- that's like the first thing I think Tacticals won. I don't did TL no, it was um C9 won spring and TSM won summer. Yep. So that's the first thing T that's the first time Tacticals actually run a full tournament, you could say, and all those best of fives and best of threes and wins it. And it's like, damn, now I've gotta like go do regular LCS. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I, I, it's, it's, it, this is actually tactical. It's going to, this year is going to be tactical's biggest test for an endurance and for showing that he is going to be able to last yeah. as, at least in, at least as fans look at him as a rookie talent, but he's been around for a while. So like, yeah. it, it, is he going to rise to the occasion for this playoffs and for the rest of this year? You know? Um, yeah. I mean, I think <clears throat> a common thing happens with, um, like, basketball players that come from college and NBA, like NBA season's a lot longer. Um, you know, you have a lot more like back to backs in the NBA. So some of them like by like game 60 are just like fully shot, like just, you know, like done with the season um, physically. Um, so it's mm-hmm. interesting to hear that, you know, at the start of this, uh, of the split, he was like, yeah, I'm like, I'm worn out. Um, which, you know, kind of, it's not like too shocking, especially coming from someone who just came off their um, rookie year, you know, I think, mm-hmm. you know, once he has just more time under his belt, more years and more splits and, and more international tournaments, hopefully for him, and, you know, I think something it, something that will kind of like go away um, the more he just plays, hopefully. Yeah. 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 Well, that, that, that would be a hope. It's kind of, it, but you've also got like at least comparisons with like, you know, rookies that go to, go to, uh, go to worlds and like and like really do well mm-hmm. so it, it does it really i think just comes down to like where tactical at is in his career and how he looks at what yeah. he wants and such because he's i'd have to look it up but i i i think i heard some commentary he's been around actually a while like this is his like second like his first year you could say first full year time 
in the LCS, but you know, you, you sort of have to ask the question of how long has he actually been like playing the game playing on a professional, semi-professional level, and at what point do you become, you know, as as LS is putting it now, weathered and an old man hmm. to the scene actually. Mm -hmm. Um, so. So I, I hope he actually gets out of like at least the apparent slump and this Tristana inting strategies that are uh, plaguing him right now. Because yeah, uh, we want to, I want to see ten games. <laughs> I want to see ten games, and I don't want to see him Tristana Wing into four people to almost die. Yeah, uh, and I think like the you know the people that run the LCS would agree that they want ten games out of these two teams because that's probably just going to be the the you know the the matchup against the biggest eyes. Uh, and the mm -hmm. most viewership for them. And I had the same thing in my notes. I said, Tactical, don't malfight ult into the enemy team um, throughout, the, <laughs> throughout this thing. And I think he, you know, if he doesn't do that, then he should be um, in a much better position uh, right. for his team. Goodness, goodness. Yeah. So Solid, who, solid. Yeah. Who, who I think like I actually saw that tweet and liked that one or something. I was like, that's solid. That's solid stuff right there. Well, uh, I've got C9 winning C9. like all the way. Like, oh, if, if yeah, like if they want to do some G two like run through the playoffs like G two mm -hmm. normally does, or at least like it did last year against Mad Lions, where like they they go to the bottom, they go to the losers bracket and just run it, run the gauntlet. Like sure, go for it, but I expect C nine to to basically like uh, how would it be six four, the the two matches. Right. Yeah. If they win both of two. Yeah. I mean, I, I have. I mean, not shocking. I have Cloud Nine winning three two as well. Um, but obviously, wouldn't be surprised if Team Liquid won this. I mean, we are facing spring Cloud9, so it, it's probably going to be Cloud9 in the spring. We'll see how they are in the summer. Um, but yeah, no, nothing too shocking. I think most people are going to take Cloud9 in 3-2. I think the only way Cloud9 wins, in the, and it's shocking, is if it's like a 3-1 or even, like, God forbid, a 3-0 against Team Liquid. Because Team Liquid, uh, a lot of people would say, you know, Cloud9 best team, Team Liquid, second best team um, right now in the mm -hmm. LCS. So it would feel really bad that for the LCS as a whole if our second best team just got hard stomped by um, yeah. Cloud9. Because then it kind of shows, you know, Cloud9 kind of in their own league and they're not really getting good practice against the other teams for international play and all, and all that stuff that would be tacked on to that. Um, mm -hmm. So, yeah. Do -do -do. Okay. Right. Um, well, you know, that kind of, I, I had this uh, question queued up for the end of it, but it kind of answers my thing of which team would we both want to make it to the MSI? I assume your your answer is Cloud9. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, ex it, it goes Cloud9 TLTSM. Yeah. In terms of where I'm at with it, in terms of who I would want to go to MSI. Um, I just think T T uh, C9 like fudges their big weak point and that's super mm -hmm. sad. Uh, but I just, I'm sorry, but Blabber's just become a monster. He is disco, especially, just, and that's one thing we didn't get last year is Cloud9 to MSI because everyone was wondering just how. Oh, that was the biggest. That was the biggest robbery that for the for so, NA ever because that was the best felt, team. God, I would yeah. have loved to see Cloud9 to MSI. Yeah. I'm not saying they would have won, but I mean, come, on. they would. Have I'm won. sorry, that'd have been the fact that like just MSI didn't happen was just yeah, a no, tragedy because it, it was a blunder. Like, um. Like I, I just that was the biggest tragedy for an A because that was the best team we'd ever produced. Yeah. Clearly, like yeah. like 
Like you, that was a, we need to compare this and get mm-hmm. this team against like the best in the world right now. Yeah, Cause they were and, popping off. And yeah. Yeah. And it just, it was just such a tragedy yeah. that they just canceled it. So like this year it doesn't have the same hype because like C9 is not just trouncing the entire like mm-hmm. league. Mm-hmm. Um, but it just still feels better. And just, I, uh, maybe it's just how like he presents himself compared to how Jensen presents himself, but Perks is just hungrier, I think. Yeah. I, um, I and maybe and because uh, I just don't think that Perks is here for a retirement check. No. Um. I do think. Yeah, I agree. Like, Perks, I think came to L- the you know NA for a purpose or you know, to kind of maybe prove to himself or prove to you know, whoever that um, you know. That you know he he could maybe take a NA team and be successful internationally. Maybe that's it. So maybe like hopefully he's not. Uh, I mean, look, he couldn't even win finals or worlds or anything <clears throat> with G two. But I think you know if he could bring you know Cloud Nine to MSI and worlds and you know be um, able to get out of groups and you know, f- deep into into the playoffs and things like that, I think that would be uh, a win for Perks and NA overall. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I also expect like really good things out of that team going into international. And frankly, you can I kind of want Fudge to go off and like get clapped by better players. Yeah, that like is, I re- yeah. like if he's gonna if he's gonna be who he thinks he is, he's gonna be, and who uh, the team perhaps believes he's gonna be um, or needs to be. Uh, it kind of starts with getting getting clapped by Asian teams and European teams uh, to to really be able to like know how you and, and that's the usually the greatest value that most Western teams get out of going to MSI is mm-hmm. knowing like how do they stack up and how much of a clapping do they need to be prepared for uh, when they get to Worlds and mm-hmm. start scrimming there. Yeah. Uh, it that that would be interesting storyline to follow. Like if Cloud Nine gets to MSI, is how um well fudge can kind of hold his own or or not hold his own against this international talent um and Mm -hmm. not just him but you know of course um i think blabber would i mean i really yeah that's that's actually the biggest that's actually the biggest question right there is like how does how does our jungle monster compare to like other jungle monsters can you imagine like you know blabber for the last two years or last year and a half has you know been best jungler in na or at least you know bet top two throughout the whole thing and he just he just goes internationally and just gets like fully curb stomped uh you know into into not existing that would you know that would feel bad at you know as an a fan mm-hmm. Cause, yeah definitely yeah but i i don't think that's going to happen i mean i you know there's a lot of people that think blabber might you know whatever but i, I think blabber will will show up you know and um uh, especially having someone like perks to maybe lean on even if things like don't go right you know in the beginning or something you know he has a lot of a lot more international experience than him or just anyone really on the team um yeah so i think i I don't really know of course i don't know like their um, chemistry or the dynamics but i think um if things start to go sideways that perks could be kind of that um voice that blabber maybe needs to hear because perks you know well plays with a lot of confidence in his abilities so maybe that's something blabber would need to hear is that you know hey you know i i, I believe in you i i you know 
think you will be able to, you know, make all these plays they've been making in LCS and on the international stage, you just have to believe in yourself. And if I was hearing that from a, a, a player like Perk, you know, someone who's been to World's Finals, you know, the, the, the biggest stage you can in the league scene, that would help my confidence as a player to play, you know, at the best I can and not kind of like, because we've seen it before where <clears throat> players in, you know, just in LCS playoffs or internationally kind of like shrink and kind of play a lot more conservative or, you know, doesn't really look like they're their selves internationally. So, um, hopefully Blabber will, um, look like the Blabber we, we see in the LCS. Yeah. I'm, I'm actually just, it's almost one of those where it's like, I'm actually more excited for, uh, MSI and seeing how C9 does there than wanting to do with like, alrighty, let's get through this. Here comes all the, uh, let's get through all these games. You know, all these playoff matches, right? Crown them, cool. Thanks. I, I knew it. I, I called it. And <laughs> let's get them off. Let's get them off to uh, to where uh, to to MSI where we where, where we need them. Yeah, I mean it. It could kind of depend, like how cleanly they do win. You know, it, it could be. Uh, I'm not saying they would play significantly worse or or significantly better if they're the three or full sweep. But I think you know it could add. You know, if they struggled against a team, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, 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 let's say they get TSM in the finals and they struggle against TSM. You know, I think maybe um, then you might have a little bit more concern going into uh, MSI type of Mm -hmm. situation. Um, Yeah, but you know, probably won't. You know, get get that. I I think they'll show themselves to be you know what what we think they are. Hopefully, yeah. Um, Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I think you got anything else to run through cuz um I mean not not too much, you know, we're we're, we're pretty uh good on time. I mean, is there, is there anything else you uh want to add on at the end? No. Uh thanks for having me on. Uh I'm pretty excited for this weekend actually cuz we're getting like an actual set of matches that are pretty compelling and we we yeah. I think we were all surprised with how bad the Dig 100 Thieves match went. Mm-hmm. But I don't think we're going to see that for 100 TSM. Because that's the only way that, that's the only place that it's going to go bad unless, like, right. you know, tactical implodes off the face of this planet or something. Yeah. Because um, that's, like, the only weak point for TL. So, or Perks just has, like, a G2 game and they have a fun int and come through in the lower bracket. Like, so yeah. Yeah. That's, that's um, about where I'm at with it. That's uh, about where I'm at with it. I, Definitely hope this this upcoming weekend is a lot more compelling to watch as a fan. Um, I mean, at least just the the matchups we have are a lot um, higher. You know, Cloud9 versus Team Liquid definitely mm. is very compelling to watch. Um, you know, thanks for coming on. Uh, where can people find you um, if if they want to? Yeah, so you can. Uh, uh, I got a Facebook page for EO One Twenty Esports, Instagram pay- page at or Instagram at EO One Twenty underscore Esports. Uh, I've got a website that's getting built right now. That'll be EO120 Entertainment where you can catch uh, ideally everything and a YouTube that's also EO120. They're all EO120. So uh, most every place, uh, Twitch as well. Uh, I don't stream too consistently. Uh, And Twitter, I believe, is 
the same or similar? Yep, EO120 at Twitter. So everything's pretty much similar, or pretty much all the same there. So uh, thank you again for having me on, Sean. It's always good to hang out with you and uh, and talk the business, talk yeah. the talk the scene. Yeah. So um, thanks for coming on. And, you know, hopefully I can get you on um, a, a little bit uh, sooner than you know these this, you know these last two times you come on. Uh, the the time it's has all... been a, a little long. Um, but yeah, um, you know, for anyone. I mean, look, I'm look, unlike him. I'm not. I'm only on Twitter right now. You know, do you, uh, you can find me at Sean S E A N uh, Dumble underscore Brit. That's B R I T T. Um, thank you for coming on, and I hope everyone listening has a has a good week and then has a fun time watching the games.